0: Your happily ever after is waiting for you in the Chrysler Pacifica and Pacifica Plug-In Hybrid. With available all-wheel drive, Pacifica helps handle adverse conditions like magic. And with the Plug-In Hybrid, it can help your range anxiety disappear. Make your drive even more enchanted in the Chrysler Pacifica. And watch Disney's Disenchanted, now streaming only on Disney Plus, rated PG. Disney Plus subscription required. Must be 18 plus to subscribe. EPA estimated 520 mile total range with a fully charged battery. Actual mileage may vary. Most people who lack assertiveness in any one relationship believe that if they are advocating for themselves, they don't think of it as advocation, they think of it as confrontation. But it's not about confrontation. The better you get at advocating, not just for you, but you advocating for, like, everyone, the less likely you are to have conflicts. Being assertive simply means you know what you want doesn't mean you have to have an aggressive conversation or you have to stand up to somebody. It just means being smart enough and confident enough to figure out a way to get what it is you want. I've discovered an app that has helped so many of my friends and it's called Paired. I'm gonna spell it P-A-I-R-E-D, like, you know, like you're a pair, paired.com. And it's basically a relationship app for couples you could ask your partner to like download the app and then you play on the app together. And it's super fun. And it's like a great way to actually connect on a deeper, more profound level with your significant other, especially if like you don't feel like you're connected or you have a difficult time, like opening up to those kinds of questions. This app actually kind of triggers or prompts those questions. Like it basically gives you a series of questions that you will answer with your partner. I mean, questions like, it might ask you, I'm trying to think of some of them, like, what do you remember about the first time we met? Or what is it you find the sexiest about me? Or what is it you love the most about when we spend our time together? Like, it gives you specific prompts, and there's like couples games you can play on it, like, how would you describe me? Or like, you can do a game around romantic gestures. Would you rather? But look, it sounds kind of cheesy, but it's not you guys, I swear. It could help your sex life because remember, it's really difficult to be sexually connected if you're not emotionally connected. So it is a paid app, but you can get a discount when you go to paired.com and you go forward slash Chalene. So it's P-A-I-R-E-D.com forward slash Shaleen. When you use that link, you're gonna get a seven day free trial. Plus you'll get 25% off if you sign up. It's a very affordable subscription anyways. And I really can't think of anything more important to invest in than your relationship. Okay, again, if you want the discount for your subscription and seven days free, it's paired.com forward slash Hey there, welcome to this edition of The Shaleen Show. I'm excited that you're here today. We're going to help you find your voice to become more assertive, to stand up for yourself and to get what you want from life without confrontation. You're in a situation where you either feel like you can't express your needs or ask for help or speak your true peace, ask for what it is you need, or you're afraid of that confrontation, or you're afraid that if you speak your mind, it either won't be heard or people will judge you if you express what it is you need, which made me realize one of the things we have to address is that need to please and how important it is for you to find your voice, for you to express what it is you need, and in fact, for you to figure out how to get what you need, sometimes without even expressing it. So today, I'm gonna share with you tips to help you feel more assertive, more in control, without having to feel like you're the B word, or aggressive, or one of those really confrontational people that none of us like to be around. Before we get into this, let me just say, This can be done. You can change the way that you communicate. You can learn to speak up for yourself, but this is going to take practice. But more than just practice, it takes an understanding of how to do this. Let's start first with why it is you need to make this change. Now, I suspect you've had a lot of praise for being a really nice person, being easy to get along with, being someone who is very accommodating, but inside, Every time you sacrifice your own needs, your own wants, your own desires, you want to go to this restaurant, but you don't speak up. You don't really want to go to this party, but you don't speak up. You don't really want to be the person that has to take out the trash every week, but you don't speak up. Every time you're doing something that you really don't want to do, that goes against who you are or who it is you want, even though you might get that momentary, you know, positive feeling when someone praises you and you're able to keep the peace, inside of you, a little piece of you dies. So I wanna talk to you about why you need to change this. And I think you already know that, but I just wanna point out the obvious. The first thing is, if you're not able to communicate what it is you need and want, you end up living an unlived life. And you're really at risk of this if you're married to or in a relationship with someone who is really good at expressing what it is they need. They're the one who comes up with ideas They tend to be more dominant, more domineering, more assertive. There's that word. And you then take on the role of going along with. And that's not fair to either of you. I guarantee, even this assertive person that you're with, maybe it's even a friend. Because even in friend relationships, there's always one friend who's more assertive. There's one friend who says, hey, maybe we should do this. And the other one says, okay, sounds good. There's always that person who's more assertive, which means. There's always the person in the relationship who's less assertive. And by the way, you might be assertive in some relationships and then lose your voice in other relationships. I can tell you from personal experience, that was the case with myself and my husband. My husband is very confident. He's opinionated. If you follow him on social media, I am not responsible for the views and opinions that come out of his mouth. You know, he speaks his mind. He's very... I guess you would even say intense, (laughs) you know? He can intimidate people, but he's like a pit bull, like a really, really sweet pit bull. He loves his owner. He's got a reputation because pit bulls have a reputation, but he's very, very sweet. Nonetheless, we've been married for going on 24 years. But in the first, I don't know, maybe literally first like 12 years or more of our marriage, I didn't realize this, but he was just going along with whatever I said. I just thought, and I still do think I've got really good ideas. So he's just going along for it. And I would always say to him, well, is that what you want to do? And he'd be like, yeah, you know, if that's what you want to do. I was always asking him that, but yet his body language, his demeanor and everything else was kind of telling me he didn't love it. But because he wasn't communicating it with me, I didn't know what it was he didn't love. I didn't know what it was he wasn't happy about. But that just kept growing and growing and growing. This like resentment started growing. And until he went to therapy for this specific thing, he really was uncomfortable saying no to any of my ideas, anything I wanted to do, any place I wanted to go, anyone I wanted to hang out with, anything. He was uncomfortable saying no. Now, there were certain things I didn't do or didn't say because I knew he didn't like it, but there were a lot of things that I didn't realize he was just going along with it but doing so with resentment. And when he finally did go to therapy to deal with this, you know, kind of the underlying issue was that he, growing up, never felt like he had a voice in his own family. Like his dad is a football coach. I think I've mentioned this before. He's very, you know, awesome guy, great relationship with him now. But, you know, one of those kind of intimidating old school football, head football coach kind of dads, you know, where... Like you don't talk back and you do what I say you're going to do and you don't talk about your feelings and you don't talk about whether something's right or wrong. You just do it or you're going to get in trouble. And I think because I'm kind of a bossy pants, this is going to sound super weird. And maybe, you know, just, just so you know, I'm not a therapist. This is just my hypothesis. And also one of his therapists also suggested that I kind of played that same kind of role early in our relationship. Like he just believed that his dad, you know, knew best. So you don't question him. And then when we got married, he just kind of assumed like, okay, she knows best. So even if I have a different opinion, even if I have different wants, needs, desires, I'm not going to express them because I don't want to upset her. I don't want to go against her. So anyways, in therapy, he really worked through that beautifully. And I just remember the first time literally, I was in the room when he was like, okay, I'm going to tell my dad. Here he is an adult, right? Like, I think he was maybe even in his 40s at this point, And he's like, okay, I'm going to tell my dad that I don't want to do this thing. And he was like, kind of psyching himself up. And he's like, okay. So, and he had his dad on speaker. And so he says, so dad, um, I don't really want to do that. And his dad was like, okay, that's cool. I'll talk to you tomorrow. And you could just see like, Brett's face was like, you know what I mean? Like this total relief. I'm like, how crazy that he waited all of these years to finally realize you're still going to be loved. You're still going to be accepted. And gosh, even if his dad had had a negative response, which he didn't, but even if he had, it's okay. You're still a good person. You're still lovable. I think one of the reasons why we fear speaking up and expressing what it is we need is because A, We lack the confidence maybe in this particular relationship, right? Like maybe you're assertive at work, but you're not assertive at home. Maybe you're assertive with your own family, but you're not assertive with your in-laws. One of the reasons why we do this is we want to be appreciated. We want to be loved. We want to be accepted. But that's a dangerous place to be because that person ends up living an unlived life. They don't get to call the place. They don't get to chart their own course. They have to go along for the ride with somebody else instead of together creating a course. They have to just go with the crowd. You end up feeling like you're compromising who you are, like a little piece of you dies inside when you have to be someone you're not, when you have to agree with something that you don't agree with, when you have to kind of swallow your pride and just go along with this person also tends to have less intimacy, you know, closeness in all of their relationships because real fulfilling relationships, in order to have one of those, two people have to interact on a very deep interpersonal level. Like you have to know the wants, desires, and authentic needs of another person in order to really have an intimate relationship. But when you suppress what it is you want, when you hold back on what it is you desire when you don't express your expectations or your demands or any of those things in an effort to conform or to just get along, the relationship kind of stays on a surface level instead of like really becoming enduring. And this is true of friendships, like even in your friendships, I mean, you just have to know, you have to have trust that if this is the right person, friend, coworker, significant other, then you're going to work through these things and it's going to deepen your relationship. And ironically, it's this person who never speaks up for themselves, who ends up often leaving a marriage or creating such resentment towards the person or the people that they end up sacrificing what could have been a great relationship simply because they never expressed themselves. They never knew how to. And then so much resentment builds up that that person just has to walk away because they're sick of being treated like a doormat. But newsflash, if you feel like a doormat, it's because you've laid down in front of the door. Well, I hope that that's given you the motivation to make some of these changes. Let's get to it. Number one, you've got to redefine how it is you think about standing up for yourself. Like most people who lack assertiveness in any one relationship, believe that if they are advocating for themselves, they don't think of it as advocation, they think of it as confrontation, right? But it's not about confrontation. In fact, the better you get at advocating, not just for you, but you advocating for like everyone, the less likely you are to have conflicts or arguments or these uncomfortable situations that you've created in your head. Like anytime You fear sharing what it is you need, you want. It's because you've held it down for so long. Now it just feels like it's going to explode into a confrontation. And it probably is because you've allowed it to turn into too big of a thing. See, it's not you against everyone or you against this person. In fact, it's you being for everyone. It's you being an advocate for what's right for everyone. So, if you're an advocate, not just for you, but for everyone, like you want what's right for everyone, you're going to be in such a better place than where you are if you think, okay, it's just got to be right for this person or it's just got to be right for me. Like, that's not going to get you what you want. But remember this most people don't have that level of intelligence. Most people are only concerned with what's right for them. Most people are. Just get over it. That's how most people are. Most people are very selfish. Most people are only thinking of themselves. Most people have been hurt either from past relationships or for whatever reason. So they act a little defensively. They act in their own best interest. But when it doesn't matter what other people do, as long as you're thinking about what's right for most people, I'm an advocate for what's fair for all of us. And of course, putting yourself into that equation, perhaps even as number one, you're going to come out on top. But know the difference between expressing what it is you need or understanding this other person so that you can get what you want in such a way that you don't have to engage in conflict. Being assertive simply means you know what you want. That's all it means. It doesn't mean you have to have an aggressive conversation or you have to stand up to somebody. It just means being smart enough and confident enough to figure out a way to get what it is you want. Hey, let's talk about minimalism. Are you laughing right now? Shalene talking about minimalism. I try. Frankly, I'm being forced to rethink the way I buy things and I live and especially my clothes because with all of this travel, I've got to figure out ways to pack and to travel more efficiently. And, and that means like buying, in my opinion, a mix of really quality items and then some pieces that are super affordable. Let's face it, like I wouldn't feel guilty if I donated it before I left whatever city we're in at the moment. But here's my advice when it comes to buying quality pieces. You want to buy a style that's timeless. Otherwise, if it's going to go out of style really quick, you've kind of wasted your money. So for me, I was looking for a company that specifically makes that style of clothing like stylish, but not trendy. And that's why I want to recommend to you Jenny Kane. I'm going to spell it for you. J-E-N-N-I. K-A-Y-N-E, JennyKane.com. And when you use code CHELENE15, you're going to get 15% off. Jenny Kane is known for their lightweight, super durable, easy to wear cashmere. So I have like an oatmeal colored cashmere hoodie it's timeless. It'll never go out of style. And it just, it kind of elevates even a casual outfit. Anyways, I would love for you to try out Jenny Kane. You can get one of their, what I call forever pieces by going to jennykane.com. And again, use code Shalene 15 because that gives you 15% off when you check out. That's the promo code. They've got lightweight cashmere and warm cashmere, like whatever the season, they have a go-to piece that's gonna work for you. Again, check it out at jennykane.com and use code SHELENE, 15 for 15% off. Being assertive simply means you know what you want. That's all it means. It doesn't mean you have to have a aggressive conversation or you have to stand up to somebody. It just means being smart enough and confident enough to figure out a way to get what it is you want. So if I were to call that step one, I would say that step one is to not think about assertiveness as confrontation or being aggressive. Think of being assertive as being someone who is an advocate, an advocate for themselves and also for others. In preparing for today's podcast, I was trying to think about a recent situation where I felt like I wanted to confront someone, like I wanted to have this confrontation, right? So that's the first thing is just kind of stop yourself when you feel like your blood kind of boil because your emotions can get high when you want to, quote unquote, be assertive or confront someone. So recently, okay, I'll share with you that there's a friend of mine who I spent a lot of time, you know, just went out of my way to to really help them in their business, right? without the supposedly without the expectation of reciprocation right like they're not supposed to I didn't do it because I wanted them to do it for me that's what I say that's what I told myself at the time you know I started doing that thing where you start kind of going over it in your head and feeling sorry for yourself and like creating this scenario in your head and I'm like you know what it's kind of bs that this person hasn't asked me to be on their podcast that they haven't reached out to me that they haven't done anything and I really went balls to the wall. Like I sent for them in my emails. I promoted it on social. You know, so I'm building up this resentment. And I'm thinking to myself, I should just call this person and confront them. But then I went through the stages that I'm going to share with you. And the first thing was, well, okay, first of all, it's not about confrontation. It's about figuring out what is it that I want. I would like his or her help. I'm not going to say his I'm not going to say his name or her name so that you can't figure it out. But Either way, there's nothing to figure out because this is about me. It's not about them. But I I was thinking to myself, okay, well, what I would like is I'd, I'd like their help. But ultimately, it's okay if I don't get it too, right? Because the world isn't fair and not everyone's going to be as giving as you are. And if we are to be giving as a reflection of how we expect others to give to us, we're going to be deeply disappointed. I did what I did for this person because I believed in this person. That's number one. Number two, which relates to this very same issue, is that people cannot read your mind, okay? They cannot read your mind. You're assuming that you know what's going on in their head. You're assuming there's a reason why they've done what they've done, or you assume that it's very intentional, it must be personal, that they have certain thoughts around it. But the fact of the matter is, No one can read your mind. So before you jump to any conclusions, if you really do want to bring this up with this person, if you do really want to communicate it to them, then before you have a conversation, go on a fact-finding mission, which is what I did in this exact scenario, and realized that this person was already promoting another person's book at the moment who they're pretty close with. The next thing I I really just recognize is their business is at a different place. It's in a different space now than what it was many years ago when it would have been a good fit. But now it might be viewed as competition or something that competes with what he or she does. So it's like, well, it's not personal. It's his or her business. Like it's a bottom line kind of thing. And I I certainly can't take that personal. Now we connect. We text. We text. I try not to talk about like what I'm doing work-wise with my friends. I try to just really allow it to be a friend relationship where we can talk about what's going on in our lives and not too much about the specifics of work. And then on top of that, I haven't communicated that I would love to go on his or her podcast or that I would love his or her help. So they might just assume I'm good. You know, if I'm not expressing myself, if I'm not being honest about expectations it's not fair to this other person that I have my nose bent out of shape. You cannot expect that somebody else can read your mind. I got a message recently from someone who's a lawyer working in a law firm. And she explained that every time the, one of the partners comes to her and asks her to do additional research, additional work, whatever it is, she just does it, you know, and she's happy to stay, or at least she pretends to be happy to stay, you know, until like eight, nine o'clock at night. And she's been doing this for years. And so she sent me this message saying, you know, I'm becoming very resentful. I'm feeling very taken advantage of. They haven't talked to me about becoming a partner. I've just always done this, assuming like that's what they're going to see is that I'm willing to bend over backwards, that I, I go the extra mile, that I work, you know, longer than anyone else, harder than anyone else. And I just feel very taken advantage of. I'm becoming very resentful. I feel like I'm being completely taken advantage of. I feel like they're using me and disrespecting my time, you know, that I should have for my personal life. But here's the problem with that scenario. She's making the assumption that the, the partners know what her intentions are. She's making the assumption that they are expecting her to do this. She's expecting them to read her mind. But see, she's offering to stay and she's doing so willingly willingly. They don't know that she's resentful of it. So they might assume, here's the assumptions they have. They assume she doesn't have a life. She's not married, doesn't have kids. So she, this is what she loves to do, that she's passionate about her work. They may be thinking that she is going to make partner soon or in the next five years or whatever, and that she probably already knows that. And they've made the assumption that they don't have to communicate that to her, that she should just know that because they've taken notice of her effort. You see, the problem is we can't read each other's minds. They shouldn't assume that she just wants to do that and that's that she's doing so out of free will and it's just, just what she wants to do. And she can't assume, she shouldn't assume, that they actually expect her to do these things. So rather than build up resentment, rather than assuming that people can read your mind or that you can read theirs, just have an open conversation. And here's my next point. Be chill. Ugh. Is there anything worse? Seriously, I guess because I am an assertive person and I have one of those situations where I can tell it's someone who typically afraid to share their voice. And when they do finally find their voice and express what it is they need, they do so in such a way that's really confrontational and emotional and almost like in a state of victimhood. Like I just can't take it anymore and I don't know why. And You know, this isn't fair. And I just want to say, gosh, this is so easy to avoid. Like all you had to do is have a conversation with myself or whomever it was that you're feeling, you know, like you're a victim to them. You see, you guys, listen, you might disagree with this, but we're freaking adults. I hate to say this. This isn't my personal opinion. So you can send me some, I don't know, your, your opinion if you'd like. I just think we are adults. We have a right to advocate for ourselves. And if we do so early enough, it doesn't have to be confrontational. It can be chill. Most people, what they really need to do is just learn to communicate earlier. Then it's going to be so much more comfortable for you. Then you don't have to spend weeks, months, years, decades with this resentment building up. Just express yourself, especially if you do it early. There won't be the same level of emotion, hostility and resentment that builds up when we let these things just fester. Can we talk about Green Chef for a moment? I heard this company advertised on another podcast that I absolutely love and the host lost a bunch of weight by having keto meals delivered, which I did not know you could do. So anyways, everybody wants something a little different. And that's where Green Chef comes in because they make it so easy, whether you're, I don't know, maybe you're vegan or vegetarian or you need everything to be gluten-free or maybe you're totally on a keto phase. Whatever way you're phasing your diet, whatever your dietary needs, they will put together recipes that suit all of your preferences. And then they send you a meal kit and by the way, it's a myth. Like if you're thinking, well, if I get these meals delivered, isn't that super expensive? No, actually, with Green Chef, you're going to reduce your food waste by up to 38% versus grocery shopping. Okay, but this part is going to blow your mind. Green Chef is giving listeners, are you ready for this? 60% off plus free shipping. Go to greenchef.com forward slash 60. So it's not just my name. You want to put 60, the number after my name because you want 60% off plus free shipping. Again, greenchef.com forward slash chalene 60 Not just any meal kit, the number one meal kit for eating well. We are adults. We have a right to advocate for ourselves. And if we do so early enough, it doesn't have to be confrontational. It can be chill. Most people, what they really need to do is just learn to communicate earlier. Then it's going to be so much more comfortable for you. Then you don't have to spend weeks, months, years, decades with this resentment building up. Just express yourself. Especially if you do it early, there won't be the same level of emotion, hostility, and resentment that builds up when we let these things just fester. And that leads me to point number three. So let me recap. Number one was learning that you just need to be an advocate instead of someone who confronts. Number two was you got to stop expecting people to read your mind and making assumptions about what they're thinking. You're assuming that they can read your mind and you, you're making assumptions about what's going on in their head. And number three is the calmest person holds the power. The more emotional you get, the less control you have in the situation. The calmest person wins. That's a simple one. Number four, this is really important. Before you decide to have this conversation with this person, right? Before you decide to open up or to address it, after you've done that fact-finding mission, I need you to then imagine that you need to make their argument for them. And more than that, more than just making their argument for them, I need you to also understand why they think the way they think. What about their past? What about their lifetime experiences? What about their childhood? Yeah, that's why I always ask people about their childhood, because if I know even just a little bit about a person's childhood and their relationship with their parents, siblings, with just a little bit of information, you really can start to understand the way people react to other people. You can understand power struggles. You can understand why someone does or doesn't have a voice, you know, just if you understand a person's life experiences, you can begin to understand the lenses that they're looking at the world through. And sometimes when you're looking through lenses that have a different prescription than your own, things look very, very different. And having that perspective does you a great favor. You know what it does? It helps you to realize this ain't personal, boo. This isn't this person against you or everyone against you or people you know walking all over you. There's a reason why this person is the way they are. There's a reason why they see the situation the way they see it. And if you can really put yourself in their shoes and, and not just from their past experiences, but what are they dealing with like right now? Uh, really imagine what it would be like to be them. And and this is not easy to do, but if you can do this, OMG, you're going to have such an easier time of charting your course, of being in control of your life. Because once you understand where a person's coming from and why they feel the way they do and things from their perspective, it's so much easier to have that conversation. And here's the deal. You start that conversation by acknowledging their position before they've even stated it. Let's use that same example. So if I'm the female attorney, if I'm that gal who sent me the letter, I would simply think about like, okay, so if I am my partner's, what could their argument be? Well, their argument could be that they assume, because I always say yes, that I love staying late, that they assume because I'm not married and I don't have children. So she could start the conversation off like this, like, guys, I know It probably appears as though, and I know I've given you the impression, like you almost take ownership of their argument first. So she could sit down and say, I know I have raised my hand first to volunteer to stay many late nights and weekends working here for the firm because I love it and I'm very passionate about it. I also know it's probably easier to assign things to me because, well, you know, I'm not married, I don't have kids, so it's not going to tap into, you know, Baseball practice or things I've got going on with a spouse, so I can see how it would be easy to turn to me or to look to me first. I also imagine that because I always am very eager and say yes, that the assumption is I like the extra hours, I I love the extra involvement that I have with the firm, and I appreciate that. So I recognize that that's going on, but I also want to share with you: it's important to me that you know. I'm doing this because I am devoted to becoming a partner in this firm. You see, if you disarm the other person's argument before you even express your own position, you take them off the defensive. Remember, this isn't about a confrontation. This isn't about like, you know, demanding, making demands. And then this person's like, you've always been right. Let's just do this differently from now on. You, you were so right. We were so wrong. That ain't never going to happen. It's simply about getting what you want. It's not about a win or a lose or who's right or who's wrong. It's just how can you be an advocate for yourself and also an advocate for others? All right, this last tip is one I don't think you'll have heard before. Even if you've done a little bit of research, you've read some blogs, even a few books on how to become more assertive. I don't think you'll hear this one, but I think it's really super practical. It is, you've got to practice. You've got to practice doing this. And the best way to do it is in writing yeah that's the cool thing about text messaging is if you lack experience asserting yourself and putting these tactics into work one way you can do this is compose an email or compose a text message but do so on a memo or a note on your phone that way you don't accidentally hit send before you've read it reread it Listen to this podcast again. Corrected it. Run it by somebody else who's really good at this kind of thing. Don't run it by someone who's super confrontational. Don't run it by your mom who's going to be like, "You need to stand up for yourself." Yes, you tell them that you are the best attorney. You know, like run it by someone who's very level-headed and knows how to communicate in such a way that everyone ends up happy. Right? Remember, you don't need to win. You don't need to win. No one is going to say you were so right, we were so wrong. That should not be your goal. Your goal is to find that happy medium where you're getting your needs met and they're getting their needs met, but you're communicating what your needs are in such a way that doesn't feel confrontational. So practice writing this, put it in a memo, reread it and go like, okay, so now if I were getting this, how would I feel? Recently, a friend of mine said, okay, I have this coworker who is so ridiculously messy and we have to share a cubicle space and it's just a pigsty every single day. So Shalene, would you take a quick glance at this text message I was going to send her like this weekend so that when we come back on Monday, things will be different. And the text message was hysterical. I'm like, yeah, this is the perfect text message to send if you want this person to hate you no, no, this is a horrible, I didn't say it was a horrible text message, but I'm like, I'm sure there's a better way we can do this. So I suggested that she recompose that text message. Thankfully, she hadn't sent it yet. But I said, start off by imagining all of the annoying things, I'm sure there are some, about having to share a cubicle with you. Maybe you could talk about how it must be really hard to have to share a space with someone who's a neat freak. You know, see things from her perspective, say it's got to be a pain in the butt that even the littlest of disruptions can, you know, be disturbing to me or that I, I need my stapler lined up with the edge of my laptop. And I certainly know I have my my control freak or my OCDisms, whatever you want to call it. But just imagine what it feels like to be her first and put that out there first so that you can disarm her. And then rather than point fingers at her and say, you know, you you just, it's so messy. I can't even concentrate. It's just a pigsty. Then you're pointing fingers at her. Instead say, I wanted to help you understand kind of where I come from. And I grew up in a family where there was a lot of chaos or, you know, just explain why it is you like order and then explain to her. And I totally respect your creativity and and how it is you work. I just wanted to help you understand that from my perspective, I actually feel my anxiety rise when the cubicle becomes messy or disorganized. And I'm wondering if there were some things that I could do that would help us both find that happy medium. Because I know I probably drive you crazy and and I just really want to address this so that it's a really comfortable working environment for you. And maybe we can come up with some possible solutions that will help me keep my anxiety low. You see what happened there? We just made it about her. Because ultimately she doesn't care whether this person is like, you know, you're right or you're wrong. She just wants the space to be clutter free and organized. And the best way to do that is to not point at someone else and put them on the defensive. You see. You can get what you want. You can find your voice. It just takes practice. And sometimes that practice, it's best for you to start that practice, I should say, in a written form, because then you can work it and rewrite it and work it and rewrite it. And then you're gonna get really good at this because the more you practice it, the easier it becomes. And the more you realize it helps all of your relationships. The more you speak up, the more you find your voice, the more you learn to negotiate, the more truthful, the more authentic you are with yourself and with others the deeper your relationships will become with everyone. It's just a much more authentic way to live. And then you won't be eaten alive on the inside by the resentment that builds up when we don't speak our truth. I'd love to hear what you thought about this episode. Can you do me a favor? Hit me up on Instagram, post a screenshot of the podcast. Be sure to tag me in your Instagram story at Shaleen Johnson, and then, a lot of people will do this and then they don't say anything about the episode. So the people who are following you are like, well, why should I listen? So even if you just did a couple of you know, stories and just explain to people why this was a helpful episode to listen to, that way people can decide for themselves if it's something they need or they don't need. But don't forget to tag me because I love seeing those. I love sharing those with my Instagram audience. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for spending this time with me. I love you. I appreciate you. And I hope to see you soon. Don't forget, I love my podcast listeners because I mean, you guys are the best.